Welcome to another episode of Dakota Spotlight. I really appreciate you listening and would like you to know about Spotlight Plus. It is a subscription to Dakota Spotlight that provides bonus content, early access, and ad-free listening, all while supporting my work and the show you love. You can subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app or visit dakotaspotlight.com. Hello there, friend. It's me, James Walner, host of Dakota Spotlight Podcast. It's the middle of the month of July, in the middle of the year 2023, and I'm in the middle too. That is, between two seasons of the podcast, in the middle of research and discovery. For those of you who, like me, are in the Northern Hemisphere, I hope you are enjoying the summer. If you are down under, I hope winter is treating you well. Today I am rebroadcasting for you one of my earliest pieces of audio work, an episode of a show I created to basically learn how to podcast in the first place, before Dakota Spotlight even existed. In fact, what follows was only the fifth podcast episode I ever put together. This is not a true crime story, and if you're an avid fan of Dakota Spotlight, you may have heard this once before between seasons one and two, but I'm going to share it again now with a couple of updates. Why? Well, let me tell you. This story just feels relevant in a way and a much-needed reminder in 2023. It's something I believe we can all relate to and be inspired by, and despite all the podcast content I've created since then, this story remains one of my favorites. It's a story about something we all have within us, something we have all felt at times, something you may have been considering as recently as this morning as you lay in bed studying the ceiling above you. It's partially about remaining true to ourselves and our pursuit of our own personal dreams in life, not the things others want us to achieve or accomplish, not what others believe we're capable of or what they tell us we are incapable of, but rather those dreams and aspirations you feel burning deep down in your marrow or in your heart, the things we want to achieve or accomplish or maybe just what we want to stand for as a human being. In this case, it's an inspiring story about how one determined 17-year-old farm kid made up his mind to defy the odds in 1976 and 1977. He set a goal that many assumed was unattainable, but his irresistible, humble spirit won over the initial naysayers and then rallied an army of followers, first his friends, then his tiny community on the prairie, and finally, the whole state of North Dakota. His name was Don Allard, and in 1976 and 1977, he was a senior at the smallest high school in the state of North Dakota, Epping High School, with just 23 students. 23 farm kids that nobody had ever heard of in a town with no paved streets. And what was his goal? Don Allard was a basketball player, and somehow this young man first envisioned and then set into motion the act of leading his team, the Epping Eagles, to the finals of the coveted Class B State Basketball Tournament in 1977. In the end, in the final game of that tournament, Don Allard and his Epping Eagles lost to the largest high school in the state. But with a similar spirit of Rocky Balboa, the hero of that year's best picture at the Oscars, the Epping Eagles, with their mild-mannered and hard-working pursuit, won the hearts of people everywhere even in defeat. 
The legend of this Cinderella team and their run at the state title remains perhaps the most memorable game in all of North Dakota's high school sports history. It was a time before shot clocks and three-point lines. It was before schools started consolidating teams across two or more schools to build bigger and better squads. It's safe to say that something exactly like this won't happen again in North Dakota. Don Allard passed away in 2015 at the age of 56 before I recorded this story. However, I did have the opportunity to interview just about everyone else. In the following, you will meet Don's brother and Epping Eagle teammate, Bob Allard. We will also meet their parents, Al and Linda Allard. I learned yesterday that their father, Al, passed away last year in 2022. In fact, in his obituary, I found the following. Quote, One of the highlights of his life was when two of his sons played in the 1977 State Class B basketball tournament for the Epping Eagles. Unquote. You will also meet Don Allard's sons, his daughter, and many of the 1977 Epping Eagles squad, including Clyde Winger, Mike Winger, Dale Kiever, Jay Bingerman, Tommy Brevik, and their coach, Larry Overbull. They all recall for us their memories of the very unselfish Don Allard and of traveling to what was for them at the time a huge city, the state capital of North Dakota, Bismarck and playing in an arena bigger than anything they'd ever seen, and the surreal media storm that followed them everywhere. It was David versus Goliath, the underdogs against the world, a reminder that our dreams are ours alone, if only we might believe in them and fight for them. I hope you enjoy this. Stick around for an update at the end. Being on the farm, it helps you work hard. You, you know, you got that hard work ethic, and and we we really worked hard we you know i i started out and i wore weights on my ankles all summer long so i could i could jump i got to where i could jump pretty high and that's i had to because we weren't that big and my dad built a basketball court on our farm so me and my brother we played basketball that's all we had when we weren't working we were playing basketball My name is Bob Allard. I was uh, born in 1960. Grew up in a small town on a farm eight miles south of Epping. I live in Fargo. Work for Burlington Northern. Here comes Epping. Clyde Bigger. Here's Allard. His shot. Good. Stolen again by Bob Allard. Here he comes. You got it. Would you say I'm exaggerating if I would say you're kind of a legend in North Dakota in a way? I, I would want to say that, but I think the, t- the team of Epping is a legend. The, the town of Epping is, is a legend, yeah, but no individual. How often do people recognize you that you, it's from the Epping thing these days? Oh, it, to this day, to this day, I run into people and, and talk, and, and if, the, if the word Epping comes up, they remember it. Not only do they remember it, they remember where they were at, what they did, what they ate for supper before the game. They, they remember everything. So how did you and Don learn to play such great basketball? You know, being such a small town, in, in Epping they had 5th and 6th grade basketball, so 
when he was a sixth grader and I was a fifth grader, we all, the teams were together. And then they had seventh and eighth grade basketball in the small towns. So when they were in eighth grade and we were seventh grade, we played together. So you think it's just being exposed to that much basketball that made you such a good player? or That's all we had. I think the biggest thing was Epping had only, only had basketball. We didn't have anything else. Sports-wise? Sports-wise, we had nothing. We, uh, you know, one, one year we asked the coach if we could go to a track meet just so we could do it. And uh, we went and ran. We went, it was kind of funny, because we'd never practiced it. We just went to the track meet just so we could do something different. And we had we couldn't have a football team. They didn't have consolidations back then, so the only thing we had was uh, basketball. Did your parents go to all the games? Or? They went to all the games. Yes, they they sure did, uh, because they had to drive us. We didn't have a bus. We the only the only bus they had they had one bus and it was for picking up kids in school in the morning, so we never took a bus to a game. We always, uh, I should say never, because the 1977, when we were doing really well, we asked the superintendent, since we've never been on a bus, could we take a bus to a game? And he let us take it to Ganora one game. And so it's the only time we ever got to ride the bus was one game. Otherwise, the parents drove all the kids. Many times we'd come back in a caravan in a blizzard or something, and you, I just remember a lot of times you have to drive and, one guy has his head out the window to see the, the yellow stripe in the highway just so we can get home and out in the because it's all out in the country you know you're so no paved streets in that thing no no paved streets well they got the one that goes through town now on the side of town it's paved but nothing in, in the town itself growing up like i said every year we got matched up to play together fifth sixth seventh eighth we just our dream was when we were juniors and seniors what we were going to go to state and all being from such a small town, going to Bismarck was unheard of. We just didn't get out of that small town area. Williston was the closest thing that we we go into Williston a lot because. So just going to Bismarck, regardless of basketball, was a big deal. Oh, it was it was amazing just to get down to Bismarck and and excitement and. Wow. Yeah, it was it was unreal. Do you remember where you stayed in town? Yeah, we actually stayed at the Holiday Inn, which is tore down now, but it was right off of the River Road. And uh, boy, we got we we got the welcome wherever we went. Do you uh, did you guys get any sleep that weekend? <laughs> I mean, how did you get to sleep uh, you know, when the next day you're going to play in the arena? We we got down there, and when we walked into the the Civic Center, it was I mean, we've never seen anything that big before. Because we had to go practice, we got to go practice on the gym, and it was it was just such a rush. Just mm-hmm. coming from a small, our gym was so small. Our locker room, we didn't. Our, our guests didn't even have a shower. I mean, all they did was <laughs> went into an old classroom and got dressed. Right. And our showers were ancient. We only had two showers in ours, and it wasn't even really a locker room. Um, wow. So I'm sure people didn't like to come to Epping because you had to come out of a basement. To run up to the gym, and the gym only held—I don't know—it only had three rows of seating, and it wasn't very big. Nice uh, home court advantage, maybe. We always liked going out of town because, <laughs> but we played well in our gym. We didn't. They got to remember, Epping at one time had the, the largest losing streak. You know, they had over ninety-seven games in a row they lost. So Epping was known for being losers, and so it was such a big thing when we turned everything around 
I don't know what. So that losing streak. I'm sorry. Was that losing streak going on when you were a kid? Then when I was a kid, when I first moved to Epping, the losing streak was going on, and I was like in first or in second or third grade when they finally won their first game, and and then it just seemed like we got better, and then we got in. Uh, Larry Overbo came in, and he just turned everything around. He was coach, amazing coach, and just. Just turned things around in Epping when he got there. You want to tell me a little bit more about your the the other set of brothers? Yeah, the Vinger brothers. Uh, Clyde was a senior with my brother Don, and Mike was a junior with me. So we played basketball. I mean, when we were at school, that's all we did. And Jay Bingaman was, and Jay was a hard defensive player. He played his tail off. The fifth tall guy. Tall as Jay, or was Jay was he wasn't very tall either. We I think I was at the time six listed at six three, and then. Uh, Clyde might have been six one, and then my brother Don was, I think, listed at six foot. Mike at six foot, and Jay was about six foot. They were all maybe five eleven. I'm not sure. It, we weren't very big. And the other brothers, what kind of playing style did they? What roles did they have? Guards. Uh, they forwards? were shooters. You know, smart, good passers. I, I tell you, what made our team that what we were was we knew what the other guy was going to do just by looking at him. I just want to talk real quick. If you remember the, do you remember the first game at state? First game we went and played uh, Turtle Lake Mercer, and they had a, a tall guy, Paul Singer, and you know we just didn't know what to expect. And I think everybody just thought Epping come from a weak district or something. And we come down there, and it was close. It was toe to toe. I, I think I got in foul trouble early, and uh, but we ended up coming down, and, the, and they. They pulled it out, or we pulled it out. So, but it was a great game. Nice. The excitement level kept growing and growing, and you get up in the morning, and it, and the press was—they just ripped every game. They just, you know, calling us Goliath or David and Goliath. You mm-hmm. know, it's the small town. They, all they ever talked about was how small we were and how we had won, and now going on to game two, and Epping is moving on, and and mm-hmm. how the people were watching it. How has the community reacted to this uh, Cinderella basketball team? Well, it's really super. Epping is a, a very small community with 23 in high school. And, it's, and we're really proud of them, and, and I think they appreciate our help. Too. Okay. Congratulations. Good luck tomorrow night. Thanks. Now, somebody told me today that you were going around. The, was that you that was in the Kirkwood this afternoon leading cheer for the Epping Eagle? No, I was up at the Capitol pushing Epping Eagle buttons. <laughs> oh, you were? Somebody was going around uh, doing uh, Epping cheers all over the motels today. So the next night, we come back, and we had to play wing. And they were quick. They had some quick guards. And, uh, you know, them, they were a small town. They weren't that big. And we played them, and we nervous. I think we were just still a little nervous, you know, and... Uh, Ended up beating them. And so another clincher, another nail-biter. Yeah. And then you got to go back to your hotel. Yeah, got to go back to the room and try to get some sleep again because the next night we play the largest Class B school in the state. For Epping's Eagles, and here they come, the darlings of this tournament, the Cinderella team in North Dakota. And there's the whole Epping Eagle. It was amazing. When we come out of the locker room, it was 
to come into that gym and the roar of everybody for Epping. And we had, I just remember the cops clearing the way for us to come in into the gym. And everybody's, you know, they trying to give us five. And, and we were just, we didn't even know what to think. It was just so. Well, must have been an incredible thing. It is, it is exciting. And you could talk to, you, when you go to small towns, and if you ever brought up Epping, the older people, they would tell you how exciting it is. It's, it's like you said, it's the most memorable game in, in history of North Dakota. And it probably, because of um, consolidation, something like this will never happen again. It, it'll never happen again. You, you could, I, I can't imagine a small town like that with that few of kids uh, that team. could go anywhere. Or even having a team anymore. There's no, no schools that small, are there? No, no, I, not, with, not with a basketball team. Yeah, we, we lost by four. You know, besides being <laughs> exhausted, I just wanted to like pass out on the floor. I was so tired when we were done there. Um, but you know, we felt good. We, we gave it our all. That was the main thing. We, we just didn't quit. And I, if we would have just, if we'd have just quit, then we'd have felt terrible. But our coach come in and he says, you got nothing to be ashamed of. He said, you're, you're winners. And I'll tell you, it must be because people today still think we won the game. Exactly. You know, so even though we didn't win, people still, my nephew just told me the other day, he says he ran into people at a wedding in Garrison, and they, once they knew the Allard was, uh, name was in the wedding, they come up and they wouldn't quit talking about it. And they just kept telling him how it was amazing how they won that game, and my nephews had to tell him, no, they didn't win. <laughs> Hello, dear listener. This is James, host of Dakota Spotlight, inviting you to subscribe to Spotlight Plus. For as little as $5 per month, you will get the warm feeling of supporting the show and also unlock access to bonus episodes, get the episodes early, and listen ad-free. That's right, no more ads. Apple users can subscribe to Spotlight Plus Standard right in the Apple Podcasts app. If you want to dive deeper and get even more exclusive benefits, subscribe to Spotlight Plus Premium or Spotlight Plus Ultimate. Go to dakotaspotlight.com for more details. One sunny and beautiful Saturday morning, I drove from Hebron, North Dakota, to Epping, where I visited Don and Bob's parents, Al and Linda Allard, at the very farm where the boys had grown up. We sat at the table in a quaint kitchen. The Allards served me coffee, and they shared their memories of both the 1977 Epping Eagles and their memories of their son, Don. He makes 36-30, Epping for the lead. Four minutes, eight seconds to go. Sorry about your loss with your son Don. Were you, no. I, I've understood now you've lost two of your sons. Yes, uh, they both. They were both fifty-six when they died, and 
two years apart. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, that was. And uh, Bob actually told me, you know, that in Don was like his best friend. It was, you know, they were very close. Very close. And there, I'm looking out the window. It's a nice sunny day. And just as Bob mentioned to me when I met with him, there is a little basketball court right in the front yard. With Bob told me that his father, Alan, built that. Is that correct? That's right. So did the, I take it that um, your sons were out there a lot? Oh, they spent many hours out there. Did they have a lot of work to do around here? Like They done hard work. They put up the hay for, in the fall and they milked cows and done the chores before they went to school. I think they, they were dedicated to the work here, but they were also dedicated to basketball. Don was, he wanted to lose weight because he knew this next year was coming up. And when, so he quit eating suppers with us. And when we were eating supper, he would run and he would run to the end of our pasture and back. And he'd done that every night when we had supper. At the time they were growing up, we put all our hay up with small bales, small square bales. So they were used to throwing square bales, loading bales and stacking bales and Mm-hmm. trucks and trailers and unloading them and stacking them in the grills. I, I have to say Don was a, the one that really carried the team yeah. as far as, you know, holding them together and stuff. But they had played with these kids from fourth grade up. They started the same bunch of boys were on the same team for from the fourth grade. So they played together many years and any time they had extra time like Bob said, they didn't have anything else to do. Right. And we only had the one sport in, in Epping. So any time they had any extra time, they would be in the gym. And they were very, very dedicated to that team. Going into that 1976 season, did you think that was going to happen? I mean, I wanted it so bad for them because they had worked so hard for it. But I never thought... I really didn't think they'd ever get that far. But you were aware of their dream and their oh, focus yes. on it, and yeah. that they were. Don was the one that he had told. He never said it to me, but he had told him that. Oh, really? They were going to go to state when that season Don started. Don told you, right after well, it was right after basketball started practicing. I asked him when we were eating supper, and I asked him, "Well, how's the practicing going? How's the team going to be?" And he says, we're going to state this year. See, that's another thing about achieving goals that people talk about a lot, having the vision and you're, you're setting a goal and just to, sort of deciding, this is, I'm going to make it, this happen. Yeah. It does sound, the more I'm hearing, it sounds like Don was really the mastermind behind this. <laughs> he really was. He, um, you know, it didn't always show up that he was... Uh, one of the better players, like he wasn't the better, the he wasn't the top scorer, or, and Bob had the ability of of jumping. That was, you know, and his just his timing and stuff was so good. But Bob or Don was the he was the one that I really think that held them together. Did Bob and Don always get along, or most of the time? I I honestly can say I never seen Don mad, never. In his 56 years, I never seen him get, and I'm sure there was times, but I didn't see it. Ever get in trouble much? If they were ever got in trouble, we never heard about it. <laughs> they kept it quiet, and I'm sure there was times probably that they didn't want us to find out things, but 
uh, you know, of course, those those years when they were hoping to go to state, they were very well uh, behaved because they didn't want to get in trouble or, you know, very so they, focused, very focused on that team. So, and they adored their coach. Uh, he was he he just they just thought the world of him. So, please tell me a little bit about Larry. Uh, he is very quiet. They never wanted to be out in the spotlight. <laughs> well, he sure got that <laughs> in 77. He, he couldn't get away from it in 77, <laughs> but he didn't like interviews and things like that, I don't think. You know, it didn't seem like he did. But uh, the, he just he just knew how to handle us, you know, the, how to handle the boys, and, and he was just an excellent coach. That's great. It so, sounds like the, the players thought so, too. That always helps. And that, oh, yeah, they had very good respect for him. I assume it was the regional finals you had to win to get into the state tournament. Do you remember that night? Or oh yeah, that was Watford City. They had to, they had to beat Watford, and I think they beat him by four points. I didn't watch half the game. I was. I didn't Why is that? Oh, I couldn't. I just was too nervous. But you were there. <laughs> but I was there. So after they lost the finals, do you remember that night? How did that feel? That it it was bad. Well, the whole season you're on this high, and boy, then all of a sudden it just, uh, it was hard. Even for two, three weeks after we were home, it was just, you kind of were down in the dumps the whole time because you knew it was over. And Was that both yourselves and the boys? or uh, I don't know about the boys. They kept going, but for us it was, it was really, uh, I had, my, my uncle had taped all of them just on a little recorder. And I listened to those games over and over and over. My name is Larry Overbold. I was born in Crosby, North Dakota in 1946. Uh, I graduated in 64 and went to school in Dickinson, graduated, and I started teaching in Epping in 1972-73. And, you know, Don Allard was probably as hard a working kid as I ever coached, and probably you know, of all the kids that I coached, he, he's a kid that least wanted any credit for anything he did. You know, he was always for the, you know, for the team mm-hmm. and, and never and never about himself. Very, very unselfish. You know, he sounds like a great, great guy. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he really was. I get tears in my eyes when I just start to think of what did it mean to be able to coach a guy like that? You know, you, you hope in your lifetime you get somebody like that. But, you know, I coached a lot of good kids, kids that were, you know, that that were dedicated to the sport and, and that put in, a, you know, the kids over there put in a lot of time playing. And that, you know, that's what made them good. And then there wasn't any, you know, there wasn't no jealousy or anything like that. Nobody really cared who did the scoring or, you know, of all the kids I had, he, he could care if, Left if he ever scored a point, you know, yeah. as long as the team did well. Yeah, but, you know, I remember Donnie more 
probably more so than anybody because he was kind of a chunky kid his freshman and sophomore year, and then he lost a whole bunch of weight. You know, he'd go right. running that night, and and uh, you know, and that was that was to help the team out more. He always took the, you know, any time we had they had a good, uh, you know, offensive ball player. I always put Donnie on. He always took the, you know, the the toughest player they had, whether he was a forward or guard. Good defense player, was, huh? Yeah, a real good defensive player. Because he worked so hard. Two fingers and brothers and two Allard brothers and and then uh, with Brevik and Jay Bingaman and mm-hmm. Dale Kiever. Those were the six fantastic years, you know, that I spent there. Was, they were really a close-knit bunch of kids. It was a super fantastic time. This is Mike Binger, and I was born in Williston and lived in, lived in Epping, North Dakota. Uh, I graduated from high school in 1978. What are your memories of Donnie? Oh, man. Uh, that's tough to talk about, but uh, he, he was one of my best friends. I think about him every day, every time I hear a train whistle first thing that pops into my mind. And my other best friend was Dale Keever and us, him and Donnie and I, we hung out constantly through high school and, and even after high school we got together a lot. I'm sorry for but, yeah. us, you know, sad. Oh, yeah. It, it was a tough one, that's for sure. Just a bunch of farm kids and, you know, and to, and to come in and play against some of them bigger schools. And, and the way we could do that is we played together for so long. We had a great coach. Everybody got along. We were like a, like a family, I guess. Mm-hmm. That, that includes the parents and the and now we're missing one of our pieces, so it's just not the same. Yeah, my name is uh, Jay Bingman. I live in Epping, North Dakota. Oh, oh, Don was a real likable fella. He'd do anything for you. We grew up together, really start to got to know each other back in the, like, fifth or sixth grade, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they lived uh, straight west of my farm, probably three and a half miles, three miles. I used to go with it once in a while and help more cows. And what kind of basketball player was he? He was a very good basketball player. He wasn't, uh, one, you know, he wasn't a ball hog or anything like that. He always was looking out for the next guy. <laughs> he worked hard. Worked hard a lot, a lot harder than I did. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he was a really good person. First of all, what what was it like going to Bismarck that weekend? Strange. <laughs> 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 Overwhelming us. Gym was like huge, 
you know, compared to what we're used to playing in. And it was quite the experience. My name's Clyde Binger, and uh, I grew up five miles north of Epping on a farm. And in the fourth and fifth grade, the Allards moved south of Epping, and then we went to school together. Donnie and I were in the same grade, and then Bobby and my other, my brother Mike were in the grade below us, juniors. They were fourth graders and we were fifth graders. So we started playing basketball then and played all the way through. What kind of guy was Don? Don was the peacemaker, easygoing, just, I mean, the nicest guy. That's that's where Donnie was. Mm-hmm. Three brothers that were all around the same age, and <laughs> we were around them all. And, and Donnie was the peacemaker between the other two brothers. And I don't think I ever saw him, man. What kind of basketball player was he? I mean, what was his style? And mm-hmm. Donnie was the best defensive player we had. Like in the regionals, when we played Mandarin, they had a guy that averaged like 35 points a game or something like that. And uh, Overball said that, the coach, he said, mm-hmm. we're going to win, Donnie, then you're, you're going to have to hold him down into the into the team. And I think he only had like 10 points that game. And we wow. won that game. But I don't know if his feet were quick or what, but he... What was it like going down to Bismarck that weekend? Oh, man. But, you know, some looking back at it now, it, it's something you'd never forget. And it was, you know, one of the greatest things that's ever happened besides having my kids. Gives it to Donnie Allard. Down across on the left side. Allard with the ball in front court. Brings it over to Jay Bingaman. Jay Bingaman to the right side of the key. Goes right inside to Mike Binger. Mike with a set shot. No good. Don Allard with the rebound. Donnie drives underneath the tight finger. Jumping to a beautiful pass for Donnie Allard. Good enough to get him with the lead. What are your memories of Don Allard? Well, he he was actually my cousin and my best friend. My name is Dale Kieber. I was born in 1959 in Stanley, North Dakota. I played ball on the Epping Eagles basketball team and graduated in 1977. What kind of guy was uh, Don? He was super. Best guy you could ever find. He was a very unselfish player. He was very unselfish in his entire life. Did you go to his funeral? Uh, yes, actually, I was Paul Bearer. I miss him terribly. We did a lot of stuff together. We were inseparable when we were going to school. We actually uh, had an apartment together our, uh, in the first year out of school and went to college. He was a fun-loving guy. So let me ask you some basketball stuff. So you must have played in that final game because you had Vingers fouled out. So you must have been on the floor then there in the fourth quarter at least. Yes, I, I did make it to the floor in the fourth quarter. Sixth Street, uh-oh. That's Mr. Vingers' fifth foul. Mike Vingers, number 45. i got to know who this is. See if I got that. 45. Uh, Dale Kiever. Kiever's in. 
number 45, Dale Keever. Top break, losing vigor, I'll tell you that. And right now, here's the little picture that tells an awful lot. What's it like to be in that kind of environment that's, you know, and then have to go out there cold like that? Um, it was very nerve-wracking to have to go out there. <laughs> I was like, what do I do now? Sounds like you guys are trying to play catch-up most of the game, huh? Yeah, most of the game. It was a, it was a, it was a tough one. I always figured I had the best seat in the house. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You, you would, uh, they, they would do some cheers, and you'd look around, and it'd just give you goosebumps. It must have been a really cool experience for you to be a part of that. Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, like I said, I had the best seat in the house, and I had the best seat in the house all year long. And definitely the momentum is changing here to Epic. At the line now is Tommy Brevik for his first free throw. Didn't get it. Well, last night he came in as a sub and was really effective. 23 seconds to go in the third quarter. Eight-point lead for Hillsborough. Seven-point lead. Brevik gets the foul throw. My name's Tom Brevik. I was born uh, on June 3rd, 1960. Grew up on a farm outside of Epping, and I still reside there. I work in Wollaston, uh, North Dakota. I'm a supervisor at a precious metal refinery. Yeah, no, I was a sixth man on the team. I mean, I did see quite a bit of playing time. Kind of a funny story, I guess, would be that as a sixth man, of course, the game started, and the coach would he'd be sitting there, and as things are go progressing in the game, if things aren't going well, he'd grab my arm. And then he'd start squeezing it, and then pretty soon he'd yank me off the bench and say, get in there for so <laughs> We kind of knew when we got uh, in that age group that, you know, we were going to be a pretty good team. What are your memories of Don Allard? You know, he, uh, he excelled in school. Uh, he was an honor student in school. Um, he was very athletic and very good. And, I mean, as a, as a person, he's a phenomenal guy. You know, it, we were pretty much set up to where – when that go-to player had an off night, I mean, everybody else just picked it up and uh, and just played the game. Um, now, one of the games I don't know if anybody's mentioned to you about. So, in our in our semifinal game in the regional tournament against Beulah, Bob Edward fouled out like early in the third quarter. We're behind like four or six points at the time, and we actually went into a stall and we had the ball. I mean, and everybody just couldn't figure out what are we doing. We'd score a point score again. Once we knew we went ahead, we pretty much knew that we were going to win that game because we were so phenomenal on the four-corner stall. That, I mean, it was just, we basically confused the uh, the opposing team. And Just for clarification, are you saying that you guys went into a stall while you were still trailing? Yes, we did. We just, we didn't rush it. We just took our time. That is amazing. I've never heard of a team stalling while they were actually trailing. <laughs> and he makes 26 20. I thought I had a long visit with uh, uh, Bob and I did with uh, Pat Allard, Donnie's father. There's a shot of up at uh, 27 20. And uh, we were all through the consensus opinion, and uh, most people, when they talk about the Epping team, they talk about Bob Allard. And Daddy Al said, uh, that's not so. He said, Don Allard proves every time that they get in trouble that he's the cause that brings them through. My name is Mary Allard. I was born in Williston, North Dakota in 1962. 
graduated from Williston High in 1980. Met Don Allard in 1976. Do you remember the first time you met Don? I did. It was at a baseball game. I had seen him and just kind of wanted to go over and start talking to him. I didn't have a driver's license, so my dad would drive me to his games. Yeah, when they would play in Epping, we didn't go like to out-of-town games, but we would go to the Epping ones. So I've already interviewed a lot of people and talked about Dom, um, but no one who was married to him for how many years? 35 years we were married. If we go back to the 77 tournament, you were there for the final game. Yes, I was. What was that like, sitting in the stands, watching your boyfriend? It was still exciting because they were so small. You know, their biggest travels was to go into Williston and they could have pizza at Happy Joe's or go to the drive-in and have burgers, you know. What do you miss most about Don? The companionship. Being alone is tough. Doing things alone, getting to learn to do that kind of stuff. You know, and we did go on trips. One of his uh, favorite things was for, um, we traveled through his work. We got to go to Florida, California, and we always watched baseball games. Wherever we went, that was one of our things. We were going to try to hit as many baseball games as we could when he retired. And we got to go to a few. Uh, yeah, I'm Dale Allard, uh, son of Don Allard. Uh, I was born in Wilson, but grew up in Minot. We were here when I was like one. That's where I currently live now. Okay. Worked on the railroad, uh, I guess. Uh, that's what uh, my dad did two years before he passed away. Growing up, how often did you hear or have to hear about the 1977 state tournament? Well, as a kid, I remember going to basketball camps and stuff, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I never, I didn't really get to understand the whole significance of the 1977 Eagles until I got older. But when I'd go to a camp, they'd read your name off and then it's a Dale Allard, and they, everyone always asked, hey, are you related to the Allard from Epping? You know, and uh, every time I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, one of my dad, but then, you know, that was kind of the end of it until I got older, you know, and there's even funny story, we were, I think I was 21, we went to Billings, Montana for a, a bull riding event, and it was my dad, my grandma, grandpa, their brothers, and I'm sitting down at a random seat, and I don't know the guy next to me, and we just introduced ourselves, I'm like, oh, I'm Dale Allard, he's like, Allard? You guys, you know what it was, Epinellers? I mean, I'm in Billings, Montana, you know, this is 25, like 30 years after the thing, and he's still asking <laughs> about it, which I thought was kind of crazy, you know. And Tell me about your dad. It's, you know, he's, um, uh, one of the good things about my dad was he was just, um, he, had, he had one of the greatest laughs, you know, you watch a movie, you know, he always found things the funniest, and everything you watch with him became funnier because of his laugh. Um, <laughs> and like, we worked, I got to work with him for five years, on the railroad so we got to see him every day and some days we got to work together and mm -hmm. then i really cherished that that was great but, mm -hmm. uh, you know yeah I'd, you know one of the things is you know as i grew up as a kid you know he still played amateur basketball you know every sundays and i so i'd go watch him and i'd watch him play the entire game and he'd never shoot he was more worried about getting other people involved in the game and having a good time and i think that's kind of rubbed off you know yeah. ever, in his life too is it's like he never missed at work he had to, whatever the dude to come to my games you know he would work as hard as to come to any of us our family things and it and then for, for the railroad, our job is so you're not you're on call 24 hours a day, seven mm -hmm. days a week. So for him to make sacrifices like that, it was, you could just tell that's how he, he always put people in front of him and never really. And I never knew how big a deal it was when I was growing up because he was just there until I actually started working that job. And I realized how hard it is to be at things. Yeah, you know, he was he's such a humble guy. And, I, you know, he was not about showboating. He never liked watching people showboat on TV or the pros or anything like that. There's no reason to try to embarrass someone or, or show off, just play the game the right way. Um, Donald Allard. Uh, 
also known as DJ from my family, uh, born and raised in Minot by my parents, Don and Mary Allard. Uh, my dad was, grew up in Epping, and I still go to his family farm where he grew up all the time, uh, visit my grandparents. <laughs> uh, it was fairly often uh, anywhere from a random encounter to a couple teachers in my high school remembered it. It was relatively common. What can you tell me about your dad? What was he like? Uh, he was uh, really easygoing, super laid back. I mean, he hardly ever really raised his voice. I mean, he was super easygoing, loved to laugh. Um, kind of came to crunch time, he knew how to get things done. I mean, he was very orderly and on point with his life. But yeah, he was super easy to have as a dad. I know that. Never, never really yelled at us. Or, I mean, didn't have strict rules or nothing. Hard worker, yeah. I mean, I, right. so yeah, he worked and he always loved to go back to the farm and help my grandpa with the cattle. I mean, that was one of his favorite things to do. I don't know. I mean, at my age now, it's, I mean, he was, uh, we golfed a lot together, you know, have a couple beers at holiday times, just skidding together. You know, that's, that's where I, I, you know, that was cut so short for me. I only had a few years of that right. relationship to the father son. So I guess I really miss that aspect. Uh, hello, my name is Rachel Glory. Um, formerly Allard. My uh, my father was uh, Donald Allard. Um, I was born in Williston, North Dakota. Mostly any time that uh, we were at boarding events, if um, you know my dad introduced himself to somebody, they would immediately ask, "Oh, were you were you the Allard from that?" Epping team, and, and so yeah, we would hear about it a lot. My grandmother loves to have everybody together um, for Christmases, and Easter is always a big um, a big get together. The brothers used to play in a tournament every Easter in um, the little town of Ray, which is really close to Epping. My grandma's house is like almost a, a shrine to her boys, uh, so there's always all kinds of awards and pictures up on the walls in a glass case. So, I mean, I always knew from a young age that basketball kind of ran in our blood and it was just a way of living. There was two major sports that my family was in love with and it was basketball and softball. And uh, I did play basketball. Uh, I only made it through uh, freshman year. Um, you know, he said that he always loved to watch me play because he said that I was a hard worker and you could always see that when I was out on the court. And that's the thing about dad that I, that I love the most is that he always rooted for the underdogs. You know, he sure. always wanted to um, go for the people that he saw that were putting in the effort, you know, that really worked hard. Not necessarily the ones that were natural talents, but ones that really worked. Can I, may I ask you what you miss most today? What I miss most about my dad? Well, the easy things to miss are his, his smile and his laugh. Mm-hmm. They're always, they were always uplifting. But, um, his quiet strength, you know, he really, um, strength, and I always knew that, um, that he was there to support me, and I, I miss that. It was hard because his job, he wasn't always available. You know, with the the railroad, he's on call a lot. He was away a lot, but he still tried to be at everything that he could be. And you know, he always he'd come to things even when he hadn't even been asleep yet. Um, I just, yeah, he was always just really supportive. So I, all of my memories are, you know, him 
teaching me how to, to ride a bike without training wheels, and um, he take me to the softball diamonds and all to me to practice my hitting. So he'd always give me tips and tell me what I need to do. And yeah, so it was great. I hope you enjoyed this rebroadcast, and whether you are a 17-year-old kid staring at your ceiling right now, or if you're 27 or 37 or 77, no matter where you are in life at the moment, no matter what your personal dreams may be, 2023 feels like a good time to remind ourselves of something important. Just like Don Allard's dreams and aspirations belong to him, only you are the keeper of yours. There may be naysayers, of course, but only you, dear listener, only you get to decide who you want to be and how you want to get there. Thanks again for listening to Dakota Spotlight. Some audio in this episode was courtesy of the North Dakota State Archives. Thank you so much for listening. To support my work, get early access, listen ad-free, and much more, please consider subscribing to Spotlight Plus. Apple users can even subscribe right in the Apple Podcasts app. Learn more about Spotlight Plus at dakotaspotlight.com.